Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carouseling, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome, friends, to the latest episode of Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers. I am your host and co-founder of Roundtable Writers, Odin Hartshorn Hoverson. Today, I'm going to read you a short article that I wrote last year. I'm going to explore a coalition that is condemning political attacks against books in schools. And I'm also going to shout out the random winner of our last Self-Promo Saturday event. So let's get started with the very last first. And the winner is Scribblesworth Book Reviews. So Scribblesworth shared their improving book sales ebook with us, and we really liked what we saw there. Not only was it built really well, there's some great graphics going on, but the information contained within is really helpful, especially for indie writers. So thank you so much, Scribblesworth Book Reviews, for everything that you do. You can check out uh, Scribblesworth, scribblesworth.wordpress.com. And they have a ton of other interesting information on there, writing support materials. And you can also submit your books to them uh, for review. So check them out today. All right. Now I'm going to dive into one of the essays that I wrote last year because I think it's a really important topic for artists of any type. And especially right now with so much craziness happening in the world, I think we just need to remember a little bit more carefully what it is we're doing and why we do it. This is What Drives Creativity? Mere productivity cannot be the goal, nor can creative productivity be reached by force. Literary works cannot be taken over like factories or literary forms of expression like industrial methods. Bertolt Brecht. One of the things that I've missed most about life during COVID is the ability to go out to coffee shops. I used to do a lot of my writing to the background hum of life, doing what life does. The ambience of friends talking, lovers murmuring, china chinking formed the palette from which I drew the colors that infused my written worlds. Now I find myself working to the sound of cafe ambience pumped through headphones by ASMR uploaders on YouTube. Studies have shown that ambient noise might actually make us more creative. From a completely personal, anecdotal level, 
I jive with this completely. But what is it about the experience of a coffee house that really gets to the heart of things? As I pondered this over a number of days, continuing to write by my ASMR cafe ambience, the realization dawned. It's actually the distractions. I miss being distracted by conversations, by pets, even by screaming babies. I miss the hum of impersonal and yet deeply intimate life which takes place in these public spaces, specifically those within the cafe atmosphere. Artistic expression is not something which one can turn on like a faucet, though experience does beget a greater skill with laying down the basics. Our society often overvalues a productivity-centered approach to life where the goal and outcome are more important than the process. But for art, it is the process of living which adds the depth and the vitality capable of moving people's souls. That depth is strained from the billion little interactions of daily living. The silences as well as the noises. The comforts as well as the despairs. I think that we can learn something from the way creatives get their ideas. I think we should take something from this. That mere productivity cannot be the goal, nor can creative productivity be reached by force. A subtle sidling from the diagonal spaces of the world is instead required. A holistic osmosis by which creativity can be reached accidentally from out of the patchwork fabric of our reality. So pause for just a moment and consider the question. What drives creativity in your life? Where do your ideas come from? Once you start asking the right sorts of questions, the whole world begins to move. Well, I hope you found that helpful. Go ahead and let me know online on Twitter if, uh, if that's something that resonated with you or if you have other ways of looking at your artistic practice. Now, I want to bring your attention to something that's pretty important right now. This is a coalition that is condemning political attacks against books in schools. I'm going to actually just read you this directly from Publishers Weekly. As organized political attacks on books in schools spread, the National Coalition Against Censorship has issued a statement signed by more than 600 signatories condemning the efforts as acts of censorship that threaten the education of children while putting the safety of librarians, teachers, school administrators, and school board officials in jeopardy. The statement comes amid a dramatic rise in challenged books, and in particular challenges to books on race and the LGBTQ experience. But the current surge in challenges, freedom to read advocates say, appears to be part of an organized political strategy alongside calls to ban the teaching of so-called critical race theory, with the aim of sowing conflict and activating voters and communities across the nation. There is an attempt to shift the conversation away from books and ideas to a conversation about parental control. John Krast Krastka, executive director of Every Library, a political action group that works to support libraries at the local level, told Publishers Weekly last month. What we're seeing is the weaponization of parental control to advance a political agenda. 
While the NCAC statement notes that policies already exist in most school districts to allow concerned parents to influence what their own children read, they point out that these policies are being repeatedly ignored or violated as books are removed without proper review based on the personal opinions of particular groups of people. The NCAC statement asserts that the law clearly prohibits the kind of activities we are seeing today, censoring school libraries, removing books and entire reading lists based on disagreement with viewpoint and without any review of their educational or literary merit. Some would-be censors have gone even farther, threatening teachers, school librarians, authors, and school board members with criminal charges and even violence for allowing students access to books. Among the over 600 signatories that have endorsed a statement are more than 80 organizations, 50 bookstores, and 17 publishers, and ever 450 individual stakeholders, including authors, teachers, and librarians. Notable organizational signatories include the ACLU, GLAD, Color of Change, Penguin Random House, Simon & Schuster, Scholastic, Macmillan, Abrams, American Library Association, Lambda Legal, PEN America, and the Authors Guild. In a separate statement last month, Simon & Schuster CEO Jonathan Karp also expressed concern over the rise in book bans. He said, The list of Simon & Schuster titles facing bans and challenges has grown 46% thanks to the recent surge in censorship activity, with with particular targeting of books by and about people of color and from the LGBTQIA plus communities, Carp wrote. Left in place, these restrictions will leave us as a society all the poorer for our inability to engage with works and ideas that challenge our worldview, even if they sometimes make us uncomfortable, he added, calling the bans an existential threat to the livelihood of our authors and our ability to publish free from sensuous attack. So, uh, that is that is clearly something that we are concerned about. It's something that we should all be concerned about because it affects all of us. It affects the entire functioning fabric of our society. It doesn't really matter who you are, what political beliefs and personal beliefs you hold. What's important is that as many of our beliefs as possible, as many of our voices as possible, are given free reign within the world in order to showcase those that work and showcase those that don't. People with racist views, misogynistic views, anti-science views, these people actually need to be heard and seen so that we can recognize that there's a problem. Dark deeds fester in dark places, And having public forums, public discourse happen is the most important way towards a better future. All right, so that's a little bit of a heavy note to end on. So I'm going to read you a bit of poetry to close out today's episode. Today's poem is Sonnet 97 by William Shakespeare. How like a winter hath my absence been. How like a winter hath my absence been from thee, the pleasure of the fleeting year! What freezings have I felt, what dark days seen, what old December's barrenness everywhere! And yet this time removed was summer's time, the 
teeming autumn, big with rich increase, bearing the wanton burthen of the prime, like widowed wombs after their lord's decease. Yet this abundant issue seemed to me, but hope of orphans and unfathered fruit, for summer and his pleasures wait on thee, and thou away, the very birds are mute. Or, if they sing, tis with so dull a cheer that leaves look pale, dreading the winter's near. All right, folks, well, that's it for today's episode. I really hope that it, you enjoyed it, and I hope to see you online. I hope you all can take it easy in the, uh, the week ahead. And remember, if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at ko-fi.com/roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cali Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.